Just right back, Charlie. Just right back. Live, of course, we're live. Special guest settings, Lewis. What are you saying, my guy? Making your debut on my channel and them things, man. It's long overdue, man. We saying, yeah, big up, my guy. All right, it has been overdue, but better late than never. Better late than never. Wavy intro as well. That's a <laughs> one season wonder, man. I have to keep spinning that goal, man. And when you get a plug, what a goal, bro. Was that recent or what? Pardon? Was that a recent goal or what? Nah, that's probably about a year or so ago, man. But I'm living that, man. That's my podcast. Yeah, I will keep you know. reliving that. I don't think I've scored a goal like that still. But yeah, <laughs> way we go. Appreciate that, my guy. Obviously, for those who don't know you, I mean, I know you. I can't imagine anybody listening don't know you. But, you know, obviously, what you know, you know you're a Chelsea fan. What channels have you got? What are you interested in? All of that sort of thing. Again, hit the sub button in the title, people. You just have to click his name, sub to his channel and all of that good stuff. Yeah, we just do Chelsea streams daily and then it just descends into some form of either chaos, arguments, someone's getting bullied, so I don't know, all sorts of I always things. see your clips going going viral and like stuff and there's always little bust-ups and things such as your TV. Yeah, a man put out a shotgun in one episode. That was, yeah, <laughs> fucking mental, bro. But, hey, you've, you've been in the trenches with Arsenal. You've seen what it's like when it gets rough. Things just get hella chaotic and... We're living that now. It's like it's like everything's gone in reverse. Now it's you, man, that are top of the league. You guys are I watched the league table, my guy. I didn't know that, man. I can't lie to you. Don't, <laughs> but you, don't you don't lie to that. You, you, I, don't, you I, don't, I know, know, man. All I know is I, I know Arsenal alphabetically start the league at top of the table. And all that matters is after 38 games. We just have to keep working hard, my guy. But you kind of touched mm. it on it. And it sets us up perfectly for my first question for you. Uh, what's the thought? What's your thoughts on Chelsea, man? Let me have it. What's your thoughts on Chelsea? What's gone right, if anything? What's gone wrong? All of it, man. Not really much has gone right, if we'll be real about it. The best we've done is that we're starting to keep clean sheets a bit more. And even then, the Everton game changes everything. Like, if we did the stream last week or something, I might have been a little bit more upbeat about Chelsea. But now it's just back to the same old crap, really. And I weren't really fooling myself based off that run of games. Like uh, in terms of a Chelsea perspective, it's you can say it's transition or like phase one of the process. Like, I'm sure you heard that a lot in our word in football this day and age, man. Yeah, yeah, and like it's just it's dead. It's just dead with all of us. But it is what it is. We're gonna stay up. 
that that was my main point. I only wanted us to get 40 points. And we still haven't got that, by the way. We were three minutes away from 40 points and then we threw it away against Everton. But yeah, season season will be signed out as soon as we get to that point. We're not we're not gonna make it past Real Madrid. I'm not deluding myself into thinking that. It's whatever. We've got the run-in from hell coming up. I just want us to try. You not seen our, our fixtures from April is a mess. We have. I mean, let me actually go look. Um, off we have Villa when we come back from the international break. That's fine. Then it's Liverpool at home. Um, Wolves away. Then it's Brighton at home. Yeah, no. Then it's Madrid. Madrid away. Brighton at home. Madrid at home. United away, but that's been postponed. Brentford at home. Arsenal away. Bournemouth Forest, we should get results. Then it's City, probably then United, and then Newcastle. So, so it's all what, no optimism at all. Nah, like it, optimism. Here's the thing: optimism, but for what? Well, you don't think you can do it in the Champions League. I know it's Real Madrid and that, and obviously you what? lot, City, and someone else came close to beating them PSG last season. But you know, whenever you lot do rubbish in the league, you lot seem to do, and I hope to be wrong. You lot seem to do all right in the champs, man, and that. Could be your only way of really get. Probably is the only way of getting Champions League football. No optimism for Real Madrid at all. Before we had like some source of like a, a mad mentality. Like the first time we won it, you have the whole old guard still there. Your Terry's, your Czechs, Ashley Cole's, Drogba's, Mikel, all of them, and that and they can coach themselves. They even did that in two thousand and eight with Avram Grant in charge. Last year we had Thomas Tuchel who is, was just a genius tactically, could set Here Chelsea gap, up yeah. with anybody and win in a full 90. We have Potter now, and we have a weak-ass squad with a weak-ass mentality. We're not doing it. Maybe if we get a draw or something at the Bernabeu, maybe I could see that. But I don't think Madrid underestimate us either. Like, Madrid, we, I say we gave Madrid a bigger scare than anybody else did in the Champions League last season. They did not expect to be 3-0 down in their own ground. With that in mind, they will not underestimate us this time around. They will come to they will face Chelsea, they will take us seriously, and they're gonna pam us. So it is what it is. And if we even manage to get out of that, we've got the winner of City v Bayern. It doesn't get any easier, does it? We're not doing it. And it's fine. I don't expect us to. I didn't even expect us to make the quarters. If we get knocked out here, I'm not gonna be too pissy about it. But that means I've got nothing to focus on the Champions League. The Premier League, we're not making top four. I haven't deluded myself into thinking that since Tuchel got sacked. And even before that, I didn't think we'd make top four. I thought it'd be you guys and Tottenham, the way the summer transfer window was panning out. So I don't think we're doing that. I definitely don't. I don't even know if we make top seven, realistically, because I don't know if Liverpool drop off. I don't think Brighton will drop off. They win their games in hand. They're fourth. They're in the top four race, let alone the top seven race. Even Brentford are looking well. better than us. Tottenham, they're going to sack Conte. God knows what their new manager's going to have them doing. So, who drops out for us? I don't see anyone doing it. So, what what do you salvage from the season then? What do you say? Nothing. Nothing to salvage. Like, it's just I think you beat this downbeat, you know. I can't lie. Obviously, I like your content because you don't, like... How do I make it make sense? You don't, you don't lie. You don't, you don't cap in front. You just look at what's in front of you, in it really. You mm. don't put your head in the stars, and you try not to get negative where you can. Yeah, just to just to further ask you. Obviously, you mentioned clean sheets. What's actually specifically gone wrong tactically? Because obviously, if you're not keeping clean sheets, that means defenders aren't doing their job. It's well documented. You lot struggle to score goals. Obviously, if you're not keeping goals out the back of your net and not scoring, you're not going to get three points. So, 
specifically tactically, collectively, individually, to do with the players, specific players? Like, what's gone wrong for us ignorant non-Chelsea fans who obviously can see your season's not going well, but we're not watching them week in, week out like yourself? Mm, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot with us. First off, obviously, sacking Tuchel and Potter and everything, that does have an impact. And we're more of a back three side as opposed to a back four. And so is Potter. So I don't even know why he went to a back four from like October or something. It, it never made sense. And our form fell off a cliff straight after that. We got two clean sheets after we went back to a three. And to be honest, defensively has not really been our issue. I think a month ago, I think we had more clean sheets than Arsenal, which is just mind-boggling to even think about that. Obviously, things have changed now, but it's it's a barometer to show that defensively, it wasn't really that big of a problem for us. The problem was the midfield is a mess. We've only just started addressing it now. The attack's been a mess for years, and it's only managed to, con to get worse compared to last year. I didn't even think that could happen. Um, the manager obviously has changed. The backroom staff and everything's changed. And I get the transitional process with that. But it's years of shite transfer windows, poor management, buying a bunch of different players without the manager's say-so. So you've got a bunch of players with no cohesion and who fit different styles of play. That needs to be weeded out too. Like a melting pot. It's a mess. It's a giant mess. And it's all led to the perfect storm, which is this season. And that's why we're 10th. When you put it like that, damn. What do you what do you make of uh, before I ask you on 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 obviously Graham Potter? What did you make of of Tuchel going and things like that? Because it did kind of take me by surprise, especially because you know he kind of he kind of left on the back end of you lot getting new owners and all of that stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was shocking. Literally woke up at like half ten to the news on one September morning or something like that. It was crazy, but I got Tuchel made his mistakes. Tuchel wasn't going to get us top four either. I stood by that. I didn't think anybody was going to get that team top four. That team was an absolute mess at the start of the season. So on that aspect, I understand it. But I think it was a bit naive from Bowley. And, and I, I kind of get that too, because we didn't have the infrastructure that we have now. It was mm. basically Bowley and Tuchel running the whole show. So I get Bowley not being a footballing mind and not getting along with his new coach. I get him making an immediate decision. It's just, if you're going to make a decision like that, your replacement better be good. Has and be the replacement have, yeah. That's why people are on Bowley's neck for it. But for everything else Bowley's done, like I'm very reassured in our long-term future. I don't think we've got like an idiot owner in charge who's going to hold us back or something. I think Bowley, I think Vivelle, I think the whole new infrastructure, they have our best interests in heart. They will spend money if they need to, and they'll spend on the right players. The new signings don't really seem to be our problem. A lot of them seem to have really done well at the start, or they, they just need a bit more time to bed in. But none of them have come out, and I've instantly thought they look like a flop. So I've got faith in all of them. But the Tuchel mistake was still an L. It was still an L. But it's not one of those where it's like it's going to hold us back for the next five years or something. I think as soon as we lose Potter, we'll be fine. Would I you believe it Graham Potter then? Um, do you think he's being he unfairly treated? Nah, he makes his own mistakes. Then this is my thing because up until the Southampton loss in February, everyone knew me as like one of the biggest pottering content creators there is, and it's because the squad was my bigger issue. I said all season the squad was a mess. I still think the squad to an extent is a mess, but we've players. had a summer transfer window in January. There has to be some sort of improvement. 
And with Potter, we were going two wins in 18. We were Criminal. facing the likes of Southampton, and he was resting key players when we hadn't won a game in ages. He rested James, he rested Silva, he put Mount at left wing. The game management constantly raises questions. Like, we were 1-0 down against Tottenham. We had the likes of Mudrick, Madweki, who he was in like the eight, like 91st minute or something to make them changes. I was doing not the even that. Not even that. Oba, Mudrick, Madweki, Madweki and Aubameyang would have turned up for that game. Madweki's come from Spurs. Aubameyang hates Spurs. Both of them would have come in and done something. Who does he bring on? Mount. He brings on Zakaria when we're 1-0 down. Then we go 2-0 down and then he brings on Mudrick and Aubameyang. With five minutes left. And it's yeah, like, well, no, what, no real what, time what to what do now? You just brought on a Bamiang just to get embarrassed, just so the Spurs fans can laugh at him. That's it. He's not come <laughs> on to do anything else. But yeah, it's been issues like that. Even the Everton game, 1 0 up against relegation threat in Everton, and your first thought is to park the bus against a Sean Dyche team. Bring on Gallagher, kill off our attack, take yeah, off Pulis, like that. He's moving very mad. Bring on more defenders. You, that it gets to a point where it's only Havertz up top and the rest are all midfielders and, and centre-backs. And then we throw the game away. And that's why I can't back Potter anymore because in spite of all of the other problems, Potter does not help himself. He makes the situation worse. I can't back that. If he was making the right decisions in-game and things still weren't working out, fair enough. I can't look at Potter and say, you're not you're doing anything wrong. I'm looking at Potter and I'm saying, things are fucked. But you're fucked too. So it's like, what are we you doing? like that, it's a madness. Yeah, that's why like, I, I can't I can't blindly back a process. I, I can understand it to a point, but my whole thing was give Potter players and then see how he performs. We've given him about six. And he's been underperforming. He's been taking a piss, basically. So he's I clearly a problem too. I think the one thing that I look I look at as a new as a neutral in relation to this situation, I look at Mikel Arteta. Now, the way he's playing football now evidently is not the same to when he obviously walked in. But there were little inklings as to how he wanted to play football. Now you're a Chelsea fan, so you probably see it or don't see it with Graham Potter. But I'd think despite, you know, you mentioned transitional period, players turnover, players have to take some responsibility. I find myself struggling to understand what Graham Potter's football is about because he's worked with a couple of those Chelsea players before. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you lot have been playing a back three under Tuchel and obviously he likes a back three. So I'm really struggling. So what would it be for you? Would it be, you know, respectfully to Graham Potter? He's achieved a lot in the game, but you've got some Chelsea players who have won a lot of stuff, rub shoulders with some serious managers. Is it like they're not taking him in? Is it more people management? Is he just out of his depth in all aspects, really and truly? Because I do think you lot were doing him a favour more than the other way around because we're respectfully to Graham Potter. He's done great things. Arsenal, we've seen him. He beat us in the Europa League. But if he fails at Chelsea, he'll get another sort of Brighton job, respectfully to Brighton or things like that. I couldn't begrudge mm. him for taking it. Um, but he does appear out, out of his depth. And I do think, you know, the players have to take responsibility. It is a transitional period. You have far too many players. But when you look past that, and as you said, individually at the gaffer, I just don't see his brand of football. And, not a single player is really excelling at the football club, really. It's like, I'm going to ask you later, but it's like, I think that's one luxury you have to give to Mudrick. So, and, and I swear you lot spent like 16 million on Graham Potter. So it's like, what what are the major concerns with him, bar the obvious for you? Some mid-table mentality. Like the Everton game. 1-0 uh, up against a relegation threat and sign, you want to sit back against them. 
I, I understood it against Leeds because we had one win in seven games or something stupid, like or one goal in seven games. And that I understand. But like we've won three in a row. The confidence is there now. We're starting Trying to make to more, a bit up, yeah. more goals. Right. So you go one nil up against a team that's notorious for sitting back. What are they going to do? They're going to come out. They're going to leave space in behind and they're going to give you more opportunities to expose them. That could lead to more goals if you bring on a Mudrick or a Madweki. He brings on Gallagher. He brings on Ruben. He brings on Chakumeka. Players to just sit back and defend. Like, I use um, the Arsenal game, for example. Like, when we played you in November, I thought that was the right time to be defensive. And it was working. Like, well, you guys battered us in midfield. We barely yeah, did anything. Any mistake from a set piece or something, innit? Yes. All that was was just a corner. I think we could have held that. Or, to be honest, if Aubameyang could be found in the first 15 minutes because Havertz ignored him in two brilliant positions... I low-key think we could have snuck in a 1-0. But those are the sorts of games that you defend for. Teams that are better than you, like that Arsenal squad. Not Everton. Not Everton. That's not the sort of team that you do that for. And with Potter, know. all it feels like is just you're happy with whatever you can get. Like West Ham away, we, had this, we were robbed by VAR with a late handball. Instead of coming out and being pissed off, Mourinho would have got himself suspended after a decision like that. He just said, that's life. It's fine with it. It is what Very it is. Very defeative. Yeah, and that's the Chelsea mindset. That's why we don't look the same. That's why we can't hold a lead to save our lives. Also, partly due to his poor game management. It all stems from the mentality. And all Potter's mentality is just do the best that you can and whatever happens, happens. You can't have that mentality at the top. You have that mentality if you're trying to beat the teams at the top, maybe one off or something, but not right. if you're trying to build something serious. I mean, when you put it like that, it does seem like he's over his head. Do you do you think he gets the sack in 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 well any from now to the start of next season? Or do you think he'll be given quote unquote time? He ain't going nowhere. He had to beat Leeds to keep his job. He's beat Leeds, Dortmund, Leicester. That's enough. His job's intact. He's going to be here till next season. Maybe next season, if things don't improve, they'll pull the trigger on him. But depending on how quickly they do it will be depending on what we do this season. Because if they do that in November or December or something, that season's fucked too. So That's I don't thing. know. Like, surely you wrap it in the... Like, surely he gets, I don't know, the, the summer months and it gets nipped in the bud September, early October minimum if and when he's not showing what he needs to show. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. I think he'll be sacked in like the first couple of months. But if it's any longer, it's long. It's long. But he ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Unless we lose every game from now until the end of the season, which we could do, but we're probably not going to do. He he'll still be in the job. Right. It's something too much cost in him. Like remember, they got rid of Tuchel for this guy. They need to make him work. Otherwise, people will look at Bowley, they'll think, why did you sack Tuchel? You're not even going to give him the full year. I think to take him from Brighton as well, really. Mm -hmm. I think it's another sixty million for. I mean, for if you sack him too. See, this is the thing, and he's probably under contract for a few years. But again, to Burr, he's not been scared to flex his muscles. At what point things go wrong as a manager or as an owner? At what point do you just nip it in the bud? For me, I think Potter is a good manager. Probably a well, he clearly is over his head. I think you've when you're at Brighton with the greatest of respect to them, you're getting a certain caliber of player that can develop. As you know, whether you manage Arsenal, Chelsea, United, whatever, rightly or wrongly, 
there's an element of man management. I hear he's got a degree in it. There's an element of that, of people management. And I just think it's a mad culture shock among everything. I think he's seeing quality players, players that have worked under certain managers, you know, the amount of pressure, because he seems like the pressure gets to him in all the press conferences. You've probably seen all the sound pieces. So, yeah, I think it's peak for him. As much as, I, you know, I think Potter isn't the guy for Chelsea as a neutral, I think we have to look at some of the players. What have you made on the players? Because, you know, I look at someone like Koulibaly, for example. He's in for a lot of scrutiny or someone like Havertz. Yeah, Koulibaly, I can't lie. I've tried to be patient with him, but he looks like, what's it? He looks like, the fact, like, I used Everton for a game, for example. Badia Shield, 21 years old. For far, 21 years old. These men look like the veterans. And Koulibaly looks like the rookie at 31 years of age when he was one of the best defenders in Syria. game, he got about... skinned, man. Yeah, and it's not been the first game. He's been like that all season. And I look at him and I'm thinking, you're my fourth, fifth-choice centre-back right now. And then when Levi Colwell comes back, you go to fifth or sixth. What's the point? So it, is, it isn't just Potter. A lot of it is just the players. Likes of Koulibaly... Likes of Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, two players who I really hope we can get rid of in the summer. I mean, I'm gonna, Mount- I'm gonna ask you on them. I'm gonna ask you on them, and that's it. Now, first, let's start with mm. Havertz. What's your gripe with Havertz? Because on the face of it, you know, he scored. Did he not score the winning goal in the Champions League final? Like, why? Mm-hmm. What's your concerns with he's, him? He's living off it. He's living off it. That's the problem. He hasn't had a performance like the Champions League final since the Champions League final, and people just nah. still refer back to that one, like it means anything. It meant something in 2021. We're 2023 about to finish 10th. That don't mean nothing to me anymore. If football's a war, have you done for me now, business? And I don't, he's not doing anything. Like, yeah, it's fair enough. He is our top goal scorer and everything, but we don't even have a top, we don't even have a scorer with over 10 goals. I don't understand why we're flexing it. And it's only been just because he's taken penalty duty recently because we sold Jorginho to you guys. By the way, another brain dead decision. Sell your only DM. In a in while we have a massive injury crisis in midfield, meanwhile we're struggling to bring players on to kill off games, and we're bringing on Conor Gallagher to do that when it should have been Jorginho. But hey, my genius manager said it was a win-win-win for all parties, and now you guys have the midfielder that you needed for your depth, and meanwhile we are struggling with midfield depth. Genius, but the point still stands. Havertz not been good yeah. enough. That guy is just. I don't think anyone gets given more chances than him. And what's wrong with him, though? Everything. Everything. He doesn't doesn't give you anything. Usually, he has barely any core strength, doesn't win duels aerially or on the ground. He can't take on players. His passing range has only just started to improve. But even then, it's like he'll make one big chance a game or something, and then everyone will just overrate the fuck out of it. His first touch is very inconsistent, but when it's right, it's good. Um, finishing, he is genuinely one of the worst finishers I've ever seen in a Chelsea he shirt. Need, he is a bit nonchalant in front of goal. He you hits the ball like a two-year-old. No power whatsoever. His heading, inconsistent, but he gets most of his goals from heading. He just offers you nothing. He offers you nothing, and people just live off him to death because they either fancy him or it's because of the UCL final goal. Like, the brother's just not good enough. He's not good enough. What position is he? Because I think he's one of these guys that you can play everywhere, but what are you? Are you a 10? Are you a false 9? Are you out wide? And like a few of your players, it's like everyone's pigeonholed everywhere, really. 
I don't know. Like he, I think everyone settled on him being a ten, but it's like he's a number ten who can't do anything in tight spaces. Struggles when he's being pressed. Rarely passes forward unless he's given space. And the only games I've seen him do well in that position was against Dortmund, a Bundesliga side notorious for giving you space, and Leicester. You're just crap. Leicester aren't good enough. Even Leicester fans will tell you that they're not good enough. So I can't even be sold based off that. I thought he was invisible against Everton. Had a couple headers, scored a penalty, and then everyone overhyped it to death. Like, with Havers, I just don't see the hype. I haven't seen the hype for a while. All I've seen is just UCL final comps that get retweeted whenever he goes on a bad runner form. And that's it. And I can't lie, I need him gone. I need him gone so he can oh, stop I've been trying to get him sold for the last year. So there's no, you don't think he can offer anything to this Chelsea squad? I, I don't know what he can bring me consistently. Not At the very least, if he brings me this two-game runner form that I've seen all season, if he can bring me that against the bigger teams in April and we can get results, then maybe we can have another conversation on Havertz. Until then, oh. I have watched Havertz for the last three years. This brother has improved at nothing. If anything, he has got worse at everything. He's just not oh. good enough. He's not good enough. This guy is one of the biggest false images in football. When he's a nine, they'll tell you he's a 10 out of position. When he's a 10 out of position, they'll say he's a false nine or he should be playing in the half spaces or he should be given a license to roam and drift and um, moonwalk into the box and all these other buzzwords. How about you just apply yourself a bit more? Because you can complain about the position and I understand that. Positions can have an influence on your on your form, but you got to look at the fundamentals. Can you take down the ball? What do you do when you have the ball with you? Can you hold up the ball? How consistently can you link up play? When you're one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, what do you do? Because when Havertz is on the pitch, we do play better as a team. I will acknowledge that. But it's, it's weird. It's like an enigma with him because we play worse without him. But when he plays, he doesn't really step up. And it's like, mm. we'll make more chances, but we won't score as many because he's the guy that's usually on the end of them. And it holds us back. So, like, there's too many holes in his game. The only thing that's good about him is that he's selfless or he has a lot of off-the-ball attributes, like his movement, his drifting and all of that. But football is played with a ball at your feet. It's not played right. with just running. If, you, if all you offer is off the ball, you're not good. You're not good because you can train Like all you need is just tell them where to be whenever a certain run's being made, train them into that, and then you've got somebody that can do that. It's about what else you can offer on the board. He doesn't offer me anything. So to me, false image, safe for the open goal in Porto. But yo, you need to leave. You need to leave. <laughs> what about Mason Mount? Because one minute he's staying, then he's going, contracts, this contract, that I'm getting a new agent, this, that, and the other. What's your feelings on Mason Mount? It does seem like he's 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 a player that polarizes a lot of Chelsea fans. There's some fans that will back him regardless. You know, it's it's Mason Mount will mm -hmm. die, and it feels like there's some fans that slate him really. So where are you at with Mason Mount? He's been linked with Liverpool as well. Mason Mounts, this one's easier for me because he is just leaving. Mason Mount's gone. And I don't even, I don't care. That guy, that guy, at the very least, he hasn't done nothing for three years, but he's regressed. And I've seen that he's not the same player from 2021. Last year, I don't know how he won player of the year. Thiago Silva was right there, and our fans voted for Mason. Right, Thiago Silva didn't win it. Wow. 
That's crazy. No. That is it was crazy. a plan, though. They brought everyone out for a guard of honor, and then in front of Tiago Silva's face, they gave it to Mason Mount. <laughs> it, it was mad, absolutely mad. But Mount's been—I think he—he he got himself into that situation because he was at least getting goals and assists consistently. I think he had near to thirty GNA, which I can't lie, papered over the cracks in his form that season. But. When you have the likes of Lukaku, Havertz, Werner, Pulisic, Ziyech, Mount is the last of your worries up top. So we didn't really, I didn't really talk about him too much. This season, goals and assists have dried up. His decision-making's got worse. He's invisible, disappears for right. about 60 minutes at a time in game. And with all of that, he's demanding 200k a week, 200 to 250k a week. Proper Chelsea Mason Mount doesn't want to sign a contract for six to seven years. He wants to sign for four years because he wants to keep his options open. He's also not even trying to play himself into a contract because he's demanding those wages in the worst form of his life or because he's watching people's pockets. I'm personally just finished with Mason Mount. Like, I don't think he's worth the hype. I don't think he's worth the constant conversations. He's got a year left on his contract in the summer. So it's not an if, but, or maybe. He will go in the summer if he doesn't re-sign, and I don't think he's going to re-sign because we offered him 180 k a week and he left that on the table. I'm a bit annoyed that we even offered him 180 k a week because he doesn't yeah. deserve it. Yeah, that's so to me, really. that's the English whoever tactic. wants him, this is the sort of transfer where if, it go, if he goes to um, United or if he goes to Liverpool, I don't care. I don't know why United wants him anyway. I don't know where he fits or anything like that. But whoever wants him, have him. I've seen people try to waffle about how this is like a De Bruyne situation or a Salah situation. Salah had 12 appearances in a Chelsea shirt. De Bruyne had five. Mount has 127. It's not the same. If Mount goes to another club and balls out, it's whatever. I've seen him at Chelsea. I know why it didn't work. I know why we sold him. And I know that we gave him every available opportunity, but he didn't want to apply himself. So I don't care. But Mount, I know he's gone. Havertz, is I hope he goes. But Mount, he's not going to re-sign. I, I hope we're not dumb enough to offer him any more money than what we already did because 180k is still stupid. That's, amazing. That's, even that's stupid. a lot when you're not performing. You're right, still. That's even amazing. 150k is much. I get he wants a pay rise because he's on 80k a week. And that's fair enough. That's whatever. I, I don't think he should be on that. But you want your wages tripled. You're not even at yeah, that level. That. Really. Yeah, he's buying it really when you're doing all of that. So what if we go through the squad, yeah? Let me I think I got it on transfer, Mark. Let me share my screen and then come out of it a little bit. So what? How many players go is safe? We go through them, Mendy. Um, Sal, so he ain't good enough. He's dropped off a cliff the last year. So I take it you need a goalie. Yep. Kepa. Yep. Keep as a number two if you want, because it's impossible trying to sell that guy on 150k a week. But if someone comes in for him, sell him. I'm I'll, leave not out the young, I'll leave out the young goalies, the young Gs. Yeah. Obviously, is actually good. Benoit's actually good. Koulibaly. Yeah. Koulibaly, sell. Sell. That guy's our fifth choice centre-back. We don't need him. Trevor. Trevor Trevor better yet. Oh, I like Trev. I think he's very dependable. He's happy to be a squad player. Doesn't make a big deal about it. And he usually overachieves compared to what people expect. Yeah, he goes through some rich runs of form in your team every now and again, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Before the World Cup, I, I was saying he was our most consistent centre-back, even over Thiago Silva. So I happily keep him. 
I, sh- I assume Thiago's another keep. Obviously, you yep. have to move away from him as he's 38, but valued member of the side, putting a lot of your players to shame, really, whenever I watch Chelsea. Cucurella. Now, that's uh, why I mentioned Cucurella is I, I think he has, of late, I might be wrong, but it looked like he was putting in some performances. But anytime a manager's worked with a player before and they're not really excelling, I think he's the one that done poorly for the for the game against us. Anytime they're not excelling, I look at the player funny and I look at the manager funny because Cucurella looks a shadow of his former self. Maybe it's joining a bigger team in a different lens, but it looks like two different players, the one at Brighton to the one with you. Defo, but with Cucurella, there's been documented off the field issues this season. Like sure. he's had tonsillitis. There's been other issues that they've that yeah, they haven't really gone into it. But that's sure. why, like for me, I haven't really said too much about Cucurella. Yeah, he, he wasn't really doing well around the start of the year, but it's it's whatever. Like I'm I'm not too fussed about it. I'd still keep him. I still keep him. As for recently, he's been good defensively. Going that's forward, what that's, that's, what, that's what I thought. It's an interesting one with him. Mm. Yeah, but with him, like I'll still keep him. I think I like the Cucurella Chillwell competitive side either. I think you need two quality players competing for a position, so I'd keep him. I I, I like Chillwell as well. Chillwell's been linked with Man City, so I take it. You know, you kind of said it. Chillwell's a keep. What about yep. Lewis Hall? He's like he's falling. Off. Not that he's falling off a cliff. You just disappeared. You was getting a chance, and I ain't seen you again watching Chelsea. Yeah, it's because Cucurella and Chilwell were both not doing anything, and it just opened the door for Lewis Hall. And he's looked good, looked really good. I think he needs a loan spell or something. It's just somewhere where he can hone his craft a little bit more. But definitely will keep. Looks like a very good talent. Obviously, skipping out Reese James goes without saying. Aspilicueta, mm. voice in the chain. Yeah, that one. Like, that. What do you say? The dressing room point. That's that's a fair one because we've lost uh, we've lost a couple of leaders already in room. He's Mister Chelsea. Up. If anything, he's been there under some good managers. Mm. He's won stuff. He's been a right back, a left back, a centre half. And then, I mean, I look at my club, Arsenal. I'm not, I, I don't like to waffle on about voicing the change rooms and stuff because like with you lot now on the pot or whoever, with Arsenal, with Arteta, if you're in, installing a new mentality and you're getting new players, it for me, it kind of becomes redundant because the vast majority of them players weren't there. But I do think experience is overrated, but it can't be understated. And you mentioned it, we've brought in Jorginho. And then there's nothing to write home about, but he's there. Xhaka and Partey, especially going into the Champions League with our young side, man. And you kind of have a youngish sort of, not really, but there are some young players and probably be some younger players. So where are you at with, with Dave, as they call him? Um... We've got Malagusto coming in in the summer, so I don't have to worry about him being our number two. If he wanted to stay and just be involved in the dressing room, then fine. I, I don't really have a problem with that. If he wants game time, then respectfully, we'll get rid of him. But that one's more, not a get out of my club. It's more like safe for everything. Your time's come. It is what it is. I'm with you with that, man. I think that's fair enough. It's up to him. I think the last time he was linked with a move away, he spoke about his family are settled in London, etc. Maybe that's something. He has been linked with Barcelona again and previously. You know, with the Spanish mm. players, they like to go back home. So we'll have to see. Kante, man hasn't stayed fit, but there's talk of a new deal with things. Do you think that's actually a risk at 31 years of age? And would you keep Kante? All depends on what the contract is. If it's something that's like a base fee and then it's incentivized based on appearances and everything, I'm fine with that. My biggest problem with Kante's is availability. I was hearing three plus one at the start of the season and him keeping his same wages. We shouldn't be offering 290k a week to someone who can't stay fit. He only got that contract because of how mad his availability was when we first signed it. He would just be there every game, play a full 90 and be the best player on the pitch and be fit for the next one. He was just crazy like that. That I understood. 
give him all the money that he wants. Now, injuries, game time, all caught up with him, can't stay fit. He shouldn't be on the same amount. I do still think you need, like, experience in the dress room that I think that plays a factor into it with him too. And I think if you protect right. him, like, he's the sort of player that would be unbelievable debt for you to have and to just rely on for every game, every now, well, games every now and then. So I don't mind keeping him, but it just I all agree. depends on the terms. All depends on the terms. That's the that's the thing. And obviously we'll get on to it, but you'll have been linked with half the midfielders we get linked with. Rice, Caicedo, this guy, that guy. Clearly he's mm. the number six role or not really a six. The box-to-box composing figures is probably something. What have you made of the low knee, Zachariah? Is he a stay for you? Is he a goal? I don't think he's got... Uh, no, I don't think he's staying. Uh, it's because we're trying to rebuild the midfield. We kind of already have too many eights and he's not really wowed anybody. He's had good performances, he's had bad performances, but nothing extraordinary or anything. So I think he just goes back. I mean, Enzo goes without saying, very good midfielder. What have you made of Fernandez? I think he's a ball. I think the only bad thing he's done, he kind of lost the ball against Spurs, but there's just some play. you know, anytime he has a bad game, I'm an Arsenal fan, I'll be there to agenda, but absolute mm. ball. I think he's showing it in the Chelsea shirt. I actually think him and Felix are wavy still. So, yeah, where are you at with the big money signing so far? Yeah, Enzo, like, for the fact that we don't have a cohesive midfield at all, he looks unbelievable. It's another thing that I'm annoyed we got rid of Jorginho for because Enzo's being forced to play as a six now. And he can do it. His passing range is good enough. He's got good enough defensive attributes. But his best attributes are, f are further forward. That guy's passing in the final third it's is ridiculous. But we can't utilise it enough because he has to play so deep. Once we get like a, a DM in, maybe another boxer box, he's got the licence to stay forward. I'm telling you, Enzo will be one of the best midfielders in the world, let alone just... I think, just he's, got that. I think he's got that capacity. He's wavy. I'm even waffling about the World Cup and all of that where he showed his ability, but I think the guy's very good. I don't want to praise a quality player for, you know, having vision or having a passing range, but when you remove your biased fans hat, he's a player that is very enjoyable to watch. And I agree with your point. Like, I think he's he's not like Jorginho, but he's Jorginho in the sense that he will try and put in a shift defensively, but they can be brushed past. And I think that happened to him mm. and a couple of other players, Dortmund, away. But I agree with you. Yeah. Playing further up, he's 22 years of age. I don't know if he'll ever justify the price tag because I don't know if he's a player that's... You know how it is in the, in England. You have to get mad goals or assists or you're not good, but he's a very yeah. cultured footballer. Uh, where are you at with Kovacic? Because, you know, on the face of it, he's captained your team, he's in the team, he's he's been there at Chelsea, he's a quality player, such as his CV suggests. You know, if we're going to keep buying players from you, like, that's, that's someone that could be fantastic for me at the Emirates. Where are you at with Kovacic? It's up to him, really, because he's not been good this season. And... I don't know if he started off with an injury, came back in, but like I, I, he hasn't been good since. Like there's been odd decent performances here and there, but overall he's just been very disappointing by his standards. Allegedly, like I think I think he does. He's been there's been talks about him like wanting a new challenge and everything. And if he does, fair enough, get rid of him. But it all depends on that. Like could be good depth for us. I still think he would be, but if we don't want to be here, we're going to get other midfielders in. It is what it is. I'm I'm not too fussed with Kovacic. Not too fast. You could keep him. You could sell him. 
I mean, this is a good question, kind of in theme of what we're saying. Shout out, Raz. Again, make sure you're subscribing to Lewis's YouTube channel. Make sure you're smashing the like button and commenting, people. He said, expecting a system change next season, considering Nkonku can play 10, or is he slotting up top now? Such as you probably even forget the players you've got at the club, you know. Where are you at, where are you at with Nkonku's probably arrival? And actually, I'd say two players, actually. Would you make a Lukaku? Because he's still something that's got to be addressed. Um, Nkonku... I think he's going to compete with Felix and potentially Havertz for the 10, although I'm still hoping we sell Havertz. Um, I think we're going to go in for a striker, though. All I keep hearing from sources is that we're going in for a number nine. We've got a bunch of players on the short list, and we should be expecting one to come in the summer. So I think Nkuku would compete with Felix because we're prob I think we're going to keep Jao Felix as well. We're hearing 80 Maybe, to yeah. 90 million on his head. And I'm fine with that. You need good competition. You need a strong squad, not a strong starting eleven. So that's, the likes of Kuku Felix competing for the same position, I'm not worried about it. Someone might be disappointed, but it breeds compet it breeds uh, breeds competition. So I'll keep him. Lukaku, though, sell. Get rid of his ass. I don't want to see him back at the bridge. Do you think, because a couple of your players are on big wages, though, man. Like, is it a thing where you see Lukaku being sold out, right? Like, or is it another loan spell? Because Inter were quite coy on, on keeping him. And I don't think he's pulling up any trees over there. The Inter won't keep him. Inter won't. They're, they've got they got big money problems. They need to sell players every year. It's not going to happen. Like we're even paying, we're even paying two hundred k of his wages already for this season. I, I don't think that they're going to take it for another year. But I don't think he stays here either. I think he just goes to another club permanently or on the loan, wherever it is, wherever we can do, just get it done. Like the old owners didn't even buy him, so Lukaku isn't a loss to them. So it's not really, hell yeah. That's interesting yeah. you say that, man. Uh, Colin Gallagher. Uh. He's, he's only been there for one year, so I can't really get him too much. But he don't wow me at all. He's just, just a roadrunner. Um, maybe he'll get some more technical ability next well, season. Surely if you know. ain't got that in your mid-20s, you ain't ever going to get that person. That's the surely. thing. I feel like I'm just being patient because it's his first season. But for me, like, if we got in a bid for Gallagher, I wouldn't care. We, we had a £40 million bid from Everton. I was saying snap their hand off. But it was only because Gallagher didn't want to go that didn't go through. I agree with you. I'm with I'm with that. I think Gallagher is kind of not not that any player is happy to sit on the bench, but he kind of knows his role in the side. He does obviously tick a homegrown box. I don't think he's necessarily good, but I don't think he's a bad player. And you need, in a nice way, a couple of them ugly players in your team, provided you've got quality better than them, game time, mm. all of that sort of stuff. So I agree with you. If I got offered 40 odd million for Gallagher, he would have been gone and reinvested. But also, if I was a Chelsea fan, there's a number, a long list of names I'd probably want to see moved on. Where are you at with lost this cheat? Because I mean, he's he's a good player, but he's 27 and it's kind of like the same. As a neutral, it's like the same same kind of season from him. Bits of quality, not fitting others. Plays all about the place. Again, a decent player. Quite, not being actually given a nice time with injuries is quite sad, really. Yeah, Ruben looked unbelievable in that sorry season. That stupid friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Jorginho looked wavy that year. Yeah, literally killed what could have been one of our best ever Colton graduates. And it's, it's so bad for him. But I don't mind him staying. Wages are like the only big issue because he's on 150k a week. But as a player, it's like Chalabra in the essence that he's one of those squad players who's happy with whatever game time you give him, just wants to be a part of the squad. He's versatile, okay. so he fits the sort of squad player that you'd look for. I think you need those sorts of players. So I don't you need mind. One, two of them, yeah. 
Yeah, I would. It's it's just the wages that are the only big issue for me. But Ruben, he, all he said his whole career is that he just wants to be successful at Chelsea. Doesn't care what the capacity is, just wants to succeed here. So, fair enough. You need squad players. If you want to just be a squad player, he can fit into a right wing back. He can fit into the midfield. If you need someone to play an emergency role in the front three, you could put Ruben there. Fine. It's whatever. I mean, I think that's fair, man. Obviously, you've touched on Havertz and Mount, so I'll skip them out. Carney, think he's wavy, man. I think Villa should be kicking their teeth. They let him go. I think he, I think he's at a bloody good footballer, man, with a lot of potential. I think he's wavy still. What do you make of him? True, man. Can't even judge him. He barely plays. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen him starting in midfield. Literally, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know the hype around him. He hasn't been given opportunities yet, so might as well stay. He might as well. Fair enough. What do you make of Mudrick? And also, Mudrick, do you think Arsenal at this moment in time got the better deal out of Trossard? I will give Mudrick the luxury in that Chelsea's a mess. Arsenal isn't at the moment. So any there is a reality. We could have signed Mudrick. He could have been wavy. Trossard could have went Chelsea, for example. He could have been meaty. Things could look different in a year from now. I actually think he will show his quality. But right now, you know, when you sign the seven-year-old deal, when Shakhtar is saying you're the Ukrainian Neymar, you're the third, fourth best left winger in the world. I do think, you know, you lot are not excelling in a single aspect attackingly. So every attacker is going to feel problems with that. But what have you made of Mudrik so far? Not that he's not that you've got much to go off, but what have you made of him as a player? What have you made of his mentality? Do you think there's a culture shock? What do you just feel about the player, man? His mentality, I really rate. Because that guy's got, seems like he has the mentality to just work hard 100%. And I feel like we need that in the squad. In terms of player, um, still kind of like a preseason for him because the only he, um, their season ended in November or something or October, and he didn't play until the Liverpool game in January. We're easing him back to match sharpness from that point. Um, still too early to tell. I think his decision making does need a little bit of improvement, but he's young. We didn't sign him for the right now. We signed we signed him for like a year or two's time. So I'll give him that time and everything. In terms of Trossard, though, I think for what you needed, it was better off that you got him because your whole thing wasn't improve the starting eleven. It was improve your squad there. Being a bit cute. You've got clever. a very versatile player in Trossard. You can play the left, play in the middle, play on the right. That's what you needed. Mudrick only can play on the left. Maybe in terms of long term. Mudrick might look like the better acquisition because he's going to develop and potentially reach a level over that. But for what you needed, you didn't need someone like Mudrick right now. That was a signing for the future. You needed instant depth. You got Jorginho in, good midfield depth. You got in Trossard, good attacking depth. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. You got the right deal. I think for me, I, I I agree with you in that, you know, in hindsight, obviously, I don't like to do this, but Premier League proving where Jorginho and Trossard's con are concerned. I think Edu said it best about continuing our momentum. Not that Trossard can't improve anyone, regardless of your age can improve, but relatively what you see is what you get and he'll kind of enhance things. And like, like you can see, he fits us perfectly. I would have, I guess I would have preferred Mudrick purely because, I'm don't get twisted, I'm happy with, with Trossard and things, but Mudrick was the top target, you know, we went off after him intensively. Arteta clearly knew where he's at now, how he can improve him in the future, how he ties in, in what's left of this season and elsewhere. And I either have to look at that as a, as a missed one or I have to question my club's talent ID if he doesn't go and do that. So I would, because Mudrick seemed to be the guy and I don't think Trossard wasn't on the list, but let's be honest, Trossard, his contract is somewhat running down at Brighton. He was, he was, in, he was in problems. We took advantage of a great situation. I'm not knocking it, yeah. but... 
Yeah. And it's like you said there, like, obviously, if we bought him at 22 years of age, we probably knew that he weren't going to hit the ground firing straight away like Trossard. So we knew how he could tie in. And because of, I, I've always said, this is the best season for me as an Arsenal fan to sign players because when we've been in woeful form, inconsistencies, you know, and we're just looking for one sort of shining light, we would have, Arsenal fans are definitely speaking for myself, we would have been looking at Mudrik to just turn everything into gold, where now you could ease him in. It wouldn't have been a guarantee if we signed him, if he'd necessarily be starting off the left, because obviously you've got Martinelli and Cole and whatnot. So, yeah, we're just going to have to get on with it, really. But I think the, I think he's a good player. I'm going to give him hell. He's not going to live, you know, a, a calm life on my YouTube channel because he's snake. Aye, game's the game. The game's the game. Like you said, the game's the game. He was there whoring himself out, speaking about Arteta. But away from Banner, I think he's lit. What have you made of Raheem Sterling? Because obviously we grabbed Zinchenko and Jesus. You grabbed Sterling. He's back in London. Premier League proven, proven winner. I mean, the first, as me as a neutral, when I watched Chelsea and I saw him on the right wing, I was like, yeah, Potter don't know what he's doing because you saw him excel off that left-hand side, running into space and not to knock him, scoring tappings and against the run of play sort of things. And he's another player, a bit like Mudrick, whether you're experienced like Sterling or inexperienced like Mudrick, because you lot are not, your defence isn't there, midfield isn't there, transition's poor. I don't think an attacker can thrive right now with what you're doing. Yeah, Sterling to me, like he's not been that impressive this season. But I already know his pedigree. I know what he's capable of. And I've seen it in the league recently with Man City. So I know with a better team, Sterling will be a lot better as a result of that because you'll feed him in the right space. You'll actually make the most of his positioning and you minimise his touches on the ball, which is what I think you need to do with Sterling. I don't want exactly, Sterling exactly. to be the guy taking players on 1v1 because that, exactly. that's not his game. But I need to, him to be roaming into the box and just minimises touches. As long as it's his first two touches, I think he scores. But we already know his quality. Right. Second highest goal scorer in every single one of Guardiola's title-winning seasons. Can't, so can't not a bum. Top, I think he's top 20 goal scorers in league history. And that don't even get spoken about. Is he part of 100 enough. goals club? I'm sure he's part of Premier League 100 goals club. I could Has be wrong. I could be capping, but he's wavy. No, nah, he's got He's got to be. But yeah, he's not Obviously, been great this season. But that's fine. I don't, I don't mind. Like, we, we've got one of the worst, the worst attack I've ever seen in the Chelsea team this season. He's not the problem. And in spite of that, he's still our second highest goal scorer. So I'll give him time. I think you'll get it right, man. What are you saying for Pulisic? Because it seems that his future, obviously we've waffled about Havarts, about Mount. There's a number of Chelsea players' futures look numbered. But in relation to what we've been speaking about, I think I've let Pulisic kind of fly, fly under the radar. He always, I don't know, as a neutral, it's like sometimes he gets in that Chelsea team, he goes through a couple of games looking really good, then he kind of reverts back to type, and then this cycle just continues ultimately. Where are you at with him? Ah, Pulis is going anyway. Like, I think as soon as Mudrick came in, that was it for him. We've got two players that, that can compete on the left, two players that can compete on the right. That's it. Pulisic will be gone. Is what it is. Injuries killed him, but it's whatever. It's whatever. Not too fast about it. What have you made of the young G, Noni? Wait, decent little player, man. Took me by surprise you lot bought him, but fair enough. Yeah, for, he's a very strong winger. Like, I think he's he's going he's gonna to be even stronger as he continues to develop. Um, good dribbler. Uh, got the power, the PMP in his game. Decision-making needs to grow a little bit, but Naturally, give yeah. him time and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him. Fine with him. Looks very promising from what I've seen. What about Mr. Hakim Ziyech? Because you lot shagged PSG and then off, off the back of a decent uh, Winter World Cup. And yeah, Ziyech is still... Hey, PSG did that to themselves. Like I've been saying, like, Ziyech has been for sale for like the last 18 months. 
You came for him in January 30th when we had all of our eggs in the Enzo basket. That's on them. That's on them. But Ziyech, he'll go. I don't think he's ever been great for us other than initially under Lampard. But he never fit Tuchel's style of play either. So I don't really hold him too responsible for that. you got to play him as a wide right winger. We played him in the half spaces and he can't, he can't bang. do well there. So yeah, Ziyech, it hasn't worked out. Whatever. But yeah, he's gone. He's what would gone. you say for Hudson Odoi? Just keeping up the fingers, the 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 theme with wingers as well. Oh so yeah, get rid of him. He's gone to the Bundesliga like that. That is like amateur mode for attackers, and he can't even <laughs> get GMA. He's been an unused sub the last five or six games. If they're not, if you're not, if no one's speaking about your loan spell, it's not a good thing because no one's talking about it. you're not doing anything. So to me, Cho comes back. He's got one year left on his deal. I don't think we sell him because he's on 120k a week. But he, he's got to be finished at this point. He's got to be done. You've got yeah. If you're not show, if you're not showing something again, the way Chelsea are going, the money you lot have got, what your owner probably wants to do, the amount of players actually in front of him, you know, just off the basis of in the last mm -hmm. year, three new attackers have come in. You know, Mudrick, Sterling, Noni. Obviously, if you force it, Jao Felix can play all across there, so it's probably peak. You, obviously, you can see at the end of this three like, names. What we're going for a Bamian? It's pro he's probably gone. Like, what have you made of a Bamian's time at, at Chelsea as well? Obviously, you got Fufana and. I completely forgot about bro. He's been injured now. It's a bit techy because we talked about Lukaku and Konku's coming back as well, who can play up front. What do you think the future is for these three, man? Oba is probably gone in the summer. The board are trying to get rid of him. I don't really understand it because he's not made any like issues like he did with Arteta. He's not been a, he's not been a pain in the ass in the dressing room. So I don't understand it when we've been lacking goal. But it is I don't get. It's not even Aubameyang's fault that he's looked poor in the games that he's played in. Yeah, he doesn't offer you anything off the ball, but you don't create for him either. Again, Aubameyang, another attacker not thriving. Like, so it's exactly. got to be something deeper than that. I look at that Arsenal game, and like all I really wanted from Oba, I can't lie, was just a goal against Arsenal. Give me yeah. that for that. Could have had two goals at the bridge in the first 15 minutes, and Havertz completely ignored him. If he scores one of those... His the perception of his time at Chelsea is completely spun on his and head. the game's probably different in that game, game, you know. Exactly, it could have changed Arsenal's side perspective, it could have even changed the next few weeks for us leading into World Cup. So it's not really a Bamiyang's fault why it hasn't worked out. But same way, he's 33, it's not working out. You gotta go. He was a short-term fix for us anyway. But I don't really look at a Bamiyang and say, You're dead, get out of my club. It's just Wrong timing. He came for Tuchel and he got sacked like three days afterwards. You can't do anything about it. Fafana, just raw. Like that, doesn't right. get given opportunities. But he's a physical number nine that we've been lacking. He hits the and... circuit, this Fafana, brother. Yeah, he probably needs a loan. Send him to a Premier League club or something. I've I, I barely seen him get given game time. He came on against City when we were 4-0 down. He came on... Um, He started against... Uh, What was it? What's the name? Southampton. And then we took him off at halftime and he was our best attacker. So I do see um little promising signs from him, but it's too early to tell. And Brozier, I can't even tell. Like, he's just had an ACL injury in December. He looked he's promising up until that point. You, you have to. We gave him a four-year deal just before the ACL. Now we've got to sit here and ride it. But, hey, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. I'll give I him like the time. Him as well. Like I said, ACL is peak. Exactly. I feel bad for him. But that's also why we got Fafana. 
So it's like, if Brozier don't work, we have Fafana. If they both work, we have two quality strikers. Whatever happens with Brozier is whatever happens. I wouldn't sell him, but I'd keep an eye on him for when he's back. So what do you... All right, so with all of that being said, what do you think Chelsea need in the summer then? A goalkeeper. We need a number nine. You need to keep Felix. We need a box-to-box midfielder and a DM. Um, potentially need two goalkeepers. That would be about it, really. I think the rest would just be like stockpiling your depth. But all you need is a goalkeeper, two midfielders, keep Felix and a number nine. And would I you... think that would be enough for us to go with. Would you make a Declan Rice and Caicedo links? Because it seems like not just Arsenal and Chelsea, but like us, us two, Liverpool, United, you can make a case of varying degrees that we all probably need maybe a striker, definitely centre mid. And we all get linked with kind of the same names. Obviously, in January, you lot were the first ones for Caicedo to us fans. And then we tried. Neither team was successful. Historically, you lot have been linked with Declan Rice. Ironically, the carrot of returning back to Cobham and playing with Mount and all of those things. Then we're getting linked. Where are you at with them two names? Rice, like, I don't think he's going to come, Chelsea. I think he's going to go to you guys. You reckon? Been... I think he's only going to you lot, you know. I think he really is. Nah, the PR train on Rice is ridiculous. We've been There's been fans who've been doing that for years, media journalists and everything, trying to paint a narrative of a story, but we've never made a bid for him. Like, they talk about 007 memes. We're about to go 007 with this guy. Zero <laughs> bids. Zero actual interest, seven windows of pretend interest when we've never dropped anything for Declan Rice. Can I say, though, we've shown more interest in than Declan Rice. He's actually put a bid down. Yeah, we sent all of our greatest agents and everything to Benfica. We sent everyone to Turkey for Mudrick, but we won't send anyone to Stratford for Rice. We don't <laughs> want him. We don't want him. When Mount goes to um, Liverpool or something, that'll be it too. Because his best friend's gone. Yeah, he, he ain't going to come to us. Especially with no Champions League football. He's go- I think he's going Arsenal. From what I've Champions heard... Champions League plays a part, real that part, because I think everyone in the top six probably has to... Any player that w- walks in probably has to see with the league becoming more competitive that surely there may be a year you might miss out. Unless you're City with Pep, there might be a year you miss out. We've definitely had a number of them. Spurs probably going to have one. Newcastle are coming to cause problems as well. Yeah, I don't think like it's the be or end all. I think if you're in out of the Champions League for a couple years, then it starts to become a problem. If you're out for a year, it's not that deep. But to Rice, like I don't see why there'd be such an appeal other than Cobham, and that's the only thing that comes to me. And I again think if we wanted him, we would have gone in for him already. He'd be already. I, I, yeah. I just don't think I don't think we have that big of an interest in him. Maybe if the price tag goes down a bit, maybe. But I think he's going to another club personally. Caicedo, same energy. All depends on the price tag. There are cheaper options out there, so I'm not too fussed if we get either. If we don't get either of them, but if you ask me to pick one or the other, I'd still probably go Caicedo. I think he's got a better range of qualities as opposed to Rice. Do you think they're both overpriced? Well, Casado, I thought he was just being priced out when we both tried to go in for him. Brian was just like, nope, he's 100 million paid out. Just don't chat to us because they didn't want anything to. So I I don't know. I think he signed signed a five-year contract, but part of me feels like that's only just so bright and get the best possible deal. Yeah, that's just looking after everyone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because he wouldn't want to push for a Champions League club and then sign a five-year deal. And he just got new agents. 
exactly i think it's just so they get the best possible deal but i feel like there's some sort of agreement that if they get a certain amount he will leave because the guy was even threatening to not turn up for training he was doing the most he actually got banished from training until the transfer window was done really and truly credit to brighton how they handled it but i'm with you i think you know if someone puts money that we both have to probably accept that these sort of players you got to pay more than they're worth if someone pays that with it being the summer and more time to find replacements and do all of these things there probably is an indirect gentleman's agreement but brighton have shown with when we bought benjamin white off the back of one season you lot with cucarella and anyone that wants mitoma McAllister, kaiseido and anyone else it's top money or F off really, really and truly, if I'm completely honest. In relation to Declan Rice, I, I, I don't know with him and Kaiseido because on one hand, I think with Kaiseido, I more know what I'm getting for that price tag. He's a number six. That's what he's on. With Declan Rice, I don't know where you fit in Arsenal's team. On one hand, I think you challenge slash maybe take part in his role in the six. And I know he's a completely different player to Xhaka, but I somewhat think a bit of how Arteta's got a new trick out of Granite Xhaka, I think he wants to do that with Declan Rice. And if he plays for either club, you know, it's not going to be at West Ham. You're going to have to be on the front foot a lot more. So you're going to have to see a lot of qualities, uh, different qualities. And to a degree, what he's doing right now kind of becomes redundant. So I'm not, if it's 75 million English tax, all of that stuff, it's overpriced, but I can go with it. 100 million for Declan Rice. Nah. I'd probably just shop, shop abroad. Like you said earlier, there's there's cheaper alternatives, really. If, if Arteta wants it, then I think he's due to get his top target and deserves it. But I'd probably step away, man. But I don't know. I'm always wary of when they say Arsenal, the front runners, we're confident. We've seen it with Rafinha. We've seen it with Douglas Luiz. We've seen it with Caicedo. We saw it with Mudrick. You know, on paper, Mudrick was heading to North London. We all woke up one day. He's in a Chelsea shirt. So I don't know, man. I really don't know. I don't know. I think but who else would go in for a midfielder that maybe Liverpool? I could see Liverpool. Liverpool need it out of everybody. I'd say United probably need one more because if Casemiro ain't there, it's a bit irrelevant. Maybe at eight. Yeah. But other other than that, like, and I still don't think Arsenal look the least attractive out of all of them. That's Liverpool, if anybody. Don't even know yeah. if they're gonna make top four in itself. Yeah. Arsenal, like your competition's Jorginho, your competition's El Nenny. Like maybe getting in there that long. Yeah, even Jack, I'm not too sure how long he's going to be there for you. Yeah, man. apparently I he's getting a new deal, but he's 29, 30. He sells Partey. Partey's actually contracted until 2025. It's now 2023, so decisions kind of got to be made of future proofing with Partey. Right, so could be a long term Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, for us, we're fine. Like we're linked with Quadio Kone from Munchen Gladbach. He looks. See, like I'm on that. I'll get rid of. Forget Kaiseido with him. That is someone that needs to come to the carpet. If you look no, at him, no, up, been on him. That's who we've been pressing for our midfield he's option. Sick. I think I genuinely think we get him in the summer. I think he wants Chelsea. The I'm hearing forty million for him as well. I think what you're telling I mean, me eighty for Rice, and then see, yeah, that's why I don't I care agree. about. This guy. This is what comes with the English tax and the English premium and things. What do you make of Lavia? Because he's been linked with everyone. More so you lot and City and then probably us and United after. I'm having him, but I don't know for the yeah, price. Chelsea, Chelsea were in talks of him last week. If City don't come and cop block it, I'm all here for it. That's my DM option right there. For me, it's it's Lavia, um, Kone and Enzo Fernandez. That's the midfield. That's three a wavy that midfield. You got the That's box the to box. In, exactly. You see the vision. You got the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way still. You just need depth when you're right. Third. And then when you have a proper cohesive midfield, you can be anybody. It's all about the midfield. And that's why we've been so shit this season. Our Imagine midfield is horrific. And it's part of the reason why we get dominated in nearly every game. We get that midfield sorted. And I feel confident we can. 
because it's about 40 million. You get both of them for a Declan Rice. And that's why I'm not interested. That's why I've not been interested in Rice for three years. I've been like, keep the price tag low and fine. I've got no issues about it. But that English tax just makes him so unattractive. Because it's not you have to get it right. You have to get it right. All I think is you bring in Rice, you bring in the whole PR train with him. I've had three years of that with Mason Mount. I'm tired (laughs) of hyping mid players because they're English. It's it's dead. It's just dead. (laughs) When you put it like that, you're right. That's what Mount is, and that's what Rice is. Respectfully, they're nowhere near where their hype pretends that they are. Mount is put on I Lampard mean, levels. They compare him to Lampard and Gerrard. But the goals that It's just, bro, Chelsea fans make that comparison. Like, you might watch Lampard for about 20 years and you compare Mason Mount to him. And that's now, probably making Mount big-headed, man. I see a report yesterday about, oh, he, he doesn't want to respond to online trolls and all of these sort of things mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, he's moving mad. Yeah, the only thing he does online is just those brain-dead TikToks. Uh, and it don't even help. I don't know how that helps the PR. Like I don't like getting at people for their personal life and stuff. I'll never really do that. I saw people going at Mason Mount because he was at the UFC after the game on Saturday, and he that wasn't in the life. Yeah, so I don't care. I don't care. If you want to go watch the UFC, go watch the UFC. It's not my business. TikToks are a bit cringy. They're still not my business, but they are a bit fucking cringe. But Mason Mountain itself is just like I'm bored of the PR. I'm bored. I'm bored of all the media rimming his ass and all of this shit. Like perform on the pitch. Just perform on the pitch. Like you've been terrible all season. I don't want to hear about how it's going to be a big fucking mistake and we'll never get back if we lose Mason Mount. We lost Eden Hazard and won the Champions League two years afterwards. That's we we, we will be fine. Chelsea have made bad decisions. De Bruyne was a bad decision. Um, selling Lukaku at the time we did was a bad decision. Salah, bad decision. This isn't. You've given him opportunities. He's regressed. He's believed in his own hype. And he's not at that level. Just get rid. Get rid. Let fair, him do go you think he's scapegoated, though? To be fair to him, like playing devil's advocate, do you think he's a victim of being scapegoated? Nah, if anything, I think Jorginho was the one that got scapegoated. He was the reason why our midfield and our attack couldn't connect because he played such a slow brand of football. Even though it was like, the whole problem with Jorginho is because he was the one holding on to a midfield with no cohesion. You see how much better he is in the Arsenal midfield? Because it's a better midfield. Meanwhile, I was told as soon as we get rid of Jorginho, our attack would be a lot more fluid. Our attack would be a lot faster. Guess what? It's not. It's not. It's only looked a bit better now because of Enzo, but Mason Mount is genuinely, for the whole first half of the season and parts of last season, the biggest problem between connecting our midfield and our attack because he would get the ball, he'd have his head down and just start road running, or he'd underhit passes, he'd go for shots in the wrong position. Decision-making is just all over the place. He's a high-volume guy, it's jarring. Yep. But this is why it's not a scapegoat thing with Mason Mount. He is the problem. Genuine, like you will take Mason Mount out of the squad. We will make more chances. We will look a lot more threatening going forward. We will have Mason Mount on the pitch and we will create nothing. So to me, it's not a scapegoat thing with Mount. That's you. It's just you. 
You're not at that when, level. When you put it like that, yes, that's facts still. That's facts. When you put it like that, I can't disagree with you still. I think he he he, he tries to do that for me as a neutral. Sometimes when he plays against us, I think he... I don't know him from nowhere, but it seems like you... You try to be Mr. Chelsea on the pitch too much. That like, I'm going to force this pass. I'm going to take this shot. Like, if I was a Chelsea fan, him in the final third, regardless of if he's had high goal-scoring seasons or not, it's, 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 it's frustrating because you can tell when a man knows there's better options and he still takes the shot. And definitely when we beat you lot in the FA Cup final, and I've noticed it in a couple of league finals now, him, his dad, they do a lot of talking and then it hasn't correlated. And you set yourself up for failure when you do too much, really. Mm-hmm. When when you when you believe in your own hype, that's when it starts to become a problem. It's all about what you do on the pitch. If they Mason Mount was consistently making chances, consistently making goals or assists, it wouldn't be a problem. The problem with Mason Mount is that he stat padded off corners last season and the season before that. Just a nice little ball to Rudiger or AC or Silver's head, and that was it. And even then, the corners weren't consistent. He'd hit the first man a lot of the time. His in-play passing isn't consistent. And even if he was our top chance creator last season, it doesn't mean anything. Top goal scorer, top chance creator, doesn't matter when your attack's crap. You're the best of a bad bunch. We had a season where Jorginho was our top goal scorer with penalties. And you only got about seven. The the season we won the Champions League, Jorginho was our top goal scorer in the league on penalties alone. No open play goals. Last season, it was Lukaku on, I think, eight league goals, 15 in all competitions. This season, it's Havertz on eight on eight goals in all competitions. I think six in the league. Yeah. And it's only starting to come now because of penalties. That's right. why those stats don't mean anything to me. I don't care if you're a top goal scorer and you haven't even got 10 goals. It's not a flex. When you like, well, like should that, be looking at the top of the table. You have like, what, three, four players on 10 plus goals this season? Yeah, man. Odegaard, Favre on 9, 10, Martinelli and Saka are there. Obviously, Jesus is on five, but he's been injured. A couple of I other think players. Got 30 goals this whole season. This is it. This is it. Even in the league, we've got less goals than games played. Actually, no. Let me t- tell a lie. I'm not too sure if we've equaled that or not yet. But either way, it shouldn't even be a question. It shouldn't even be a question. I'm with you. I'm with you with that. 27 man. games, we have 29 goals. So it's two more than games played. I can't lie. So it seems like as, as much as Potter's been bad, that's an underlining problem of the last few years with you, man. Slightly. Yeah, attack's been a problem for us, but... Potter's meant to have come in and made our attack better. It's just got worse. It's only now starting to look a little bit better. But even then, we haven't played anybody impressive. We've played Leeds, Leicester and Dortmund. Dortmund didn't even look great in the first leg. We made them look good because our midfield was just a mess. Yeah, you so it's nothing to go on. Show me this in April when we're playing teams above us in the league. Brighton, Brentford, United, Arsenal, Liverpool. When we're playing those sorts of teams, give me those sorts of performances then maybe there's something to go off. Until then, I can't be bothered for it. When you put it like that, that's a madness. Obviously, my last question for you, Conte, man. Conte, dispersed stuff. What's what's going on there? You Obviously, he's won stuff with you lot. You had a better time at Chelsea. Can you see similarities to how it's ended at how it ended at Chelsea, to how it's ending at Spurs? What have you made on his time at Spurs? And I'm sure you see my man's rants and everything else. What are you making of all of that mm-hmm. over there, man? He's doing a madness. It, it feels... A lot like Chelsea, except with Chelsea, there wasn't a problem with the mentality. There was a problem with his issues with the board and the transfers he was receiving and everything. And I kind of understood Conte when he when everything fell apart with Chelsea anyway. With mm. Tottenham, what he's saying isn't lies. But <laughs> lies at all. 
you don't want to be there either. So you can't be the one preaching about long-term ambitions and everything when you don't have any long-term future at the club either. If you did, everything you said is complete gospel. It's now just, it sounds like it's just any fan saying it. Any one of us could say Tottenham are losers. Like They're a loser mentality, a loser club. We've, we've been knowing that. Conte <laughs> is meant to be the guy to change it, but you don't want to be there to change it. He's just saying what we already know. Conte is on damage control. He's, mm -hmm. he's distancing himself from Tottenham. He's saying it's the players' fault, it's the fans' fault, it's the board's fault. It's not my fault. I've won everything, everywhere I've gone, except for at Tottenham. That's all he's trying to do. So I, I kind of wouldn't expect anything less from him. I don't have any bad feelings towards Conte with the way things happen with Chelsea. I blame the board and the players well before I blame Conte because I didn't think we made top four that season anyway at the start of that season. So I weren't too shocked by where we finished. But it is, it's just interesting to see it from a neutral perspective because now it's not my club. It's happening to another club. But Conte is made to look like he cares. He don't care. He's just trying he wants, to get he sacked. Wants his, he wants his compensation, man. He ain't going to get... He wants, he wants to get sacked, man. It's like if you hand in your P45 at a job or your notice and you have to work out the two weeks or a month, your effort goes. You don't want to be there really and truly. You don't say mm -hmm. them things unless you've had enough. Do you think he's been backed at Spurs? Because I personally think yes and no. I think no, because evidently they haven't married quality. But I do think they've brought in a lot of players. They've brought in a couple players from Italy as well. What? Kulisevsky, Ben Takor, Romero. And it feels like he just keeps crying to a certain degree at Spurs. He's been back to a to an extent. Like I don't know the quality of the players. I don't think it's to that level, but mm. he has been backed and he's wanted signings like that as well. He likes his older, more experienced players. So Heritage as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really expect that sort of a drop-off. Plus, some of the issues have been from him, like his game management, his lineups, like the Sheffield United game. His subs like against Great. AC. Yeah. We're down to 10 like, members. That's on him. So he has to shoulder some of the blame. Part of it is just Tottenham and everything, but he knew what he was getting into and he signed for them too. Yeah, you You're trying to change the entire into. mentality of a team of losers. you got to be able to ride that out. He, he don't want to do it. He don't want to do it. So then, like, why did you go? Why did you go to Tottenham then? You know exactly what you're stepping into. Mourinho, I at least understood. At United, he was homesick and everything. He wanted to come back to London. It was going to be Arsenal or Tottenham because that was around the time you got sacked Emery too. Mm, Could mm. have gone to either club, chose Tottenham. Is what it is. He knew sacked what he was doing. Sacked him before a cup still, final as well. Yeah, he got them to a final. He got them further than Conte did. So even from Jose's aspect, you can't even say his time there was a failure. He did everything that he was meant to do, just didn't get the chance to, to realise um, the fruits of it with a trophy. So, I don't know. I'd say it's everyone's to blame with the Conte Spurs front. But Tottenham's you think it's time for Kane to go? For who? Kane, Harry Kane. Oh, it's been time. If that guy re-signs, he's a loser too. Because I don't get what he's staying there for. You want to stay there for some top goal scorer award that some guy on steroids is going to take in about 15 years' time and then no one's going to know you. That's on you. <laughs> You've got to win trophies. When the season it's ends, you look like a you got to look at your achievements. All he's got is silver medals. Leave. Leave while you still have a legacy to build. Always go to another club. Go Man City, even if you want to just stat pad a league title or something, just to say United, you have Even United, they picked up a league cup. That would do wonders for Kane. You know, Wake exactly. has more trophies here than you. He's been here for like two minutes. Just do what, do whatever you can to make sure your next move is at a place that wins you trophies. Because if you stay at Tottenham, 
all my respect for you has gone down the drain. I'm not thinking, oh, you're a one-club man and everything like that. No, you're one of the best strikers the league's ever seen. What are you doing still at Tottenham? Leave. Go do something. That is a damning statement. You're one of the best league strikers ever. What are you doing at Tottenham? I, th I, I think that You've says... Been there long really enough. You're the top goal scorer of all time. Go. You've done everything. What, you're going to look back and get a testimonial when you're not Harry Kane and then you're going to think, wow. Like, what did I do exactly. with You probably already earned it. Like, just go to another club. Like, you've done... It's not worth staying there for another six years just for what? An FA Cup? Just go. This oh, even if you get... If you'd even get that, because it's top... That's the thing. It's not... Yeah, it's not guaranteed over them sides, really. You know, they've had Jose and Conte, you know, two managers you've had. If me and you was... To, we'd, have a, we'd have to have another stream talking about all their achievements. But if we went through their, their achievements and their honours, the blank sheet is Tottenham Hotspur and they've tainted their records. Kane, you've tainted mm -hmm. yours. You're good enough to go get trophies. Shitter players have got trophies, really and truly. Yeah, look, go Bayern, go PSG, go, it don't matter. I don't think anyone's even going to say, oh, you've gone to a pharmacy. It's like, whatever, you've been overdue. Come back some trophies. Exactly, just take a trophy, take trophies, learn a winning mentality. If you leave Tottenham, you're going to, the first thing he's going to think after a year or two is, why did I stay? Why was I there so long? Because nice. he's turning past so now more. as well. You want to do it by... I don't think his game's relying on, if, on anything that will decline physically by the obvious, but sooner rather than later, people are going to say, oh, 100 million quid that Levy's asking for, 30-odd years of age. Might they not already be asking it. Exactly. It's big. You even see some United fans saying, like, oh, I don't want to spend 100 million on him in his 30s. If I was a United fan, I'd still go for him. Chelsea fan, if we could go for Kane, I would put everything in there for him. I think he's the sort of striker that we're yeah, looking we for. We could as well get involved, man. Put Jesus out wide. We're cooking, but obviously exactly. that's a myth. won't sell to us. It's fine. I get it. This is a madness, man. I can't lie, Lewis. This has been fantastic in this hour and a bit, man. Let people know where they can find you. What other content have you got to come out today and things like that, man, if any? Yeah, I'm probably going live on my channel in about an hour or two. So keep a lookout for that. I need to set up a stream. And yeah, we go live most afternoons on Carefree Lewis G, so keep a lookout for that. And yeah, Chelsea Fan TV as well after most games. And big up, my guy. It has been a great stream too. Come great on, man. Time. It's been lit still, man. You know, you support the Pagans, but it's all right, man. It's all right. Thank it's you, all right. Man. I appreciate you for tuning in. You heard the man. Make sure you follow him. You're subscribing. You're checking out his shows. Again, if you're on YouTube, all you need to do is click his name in the title. Subscribe. It's not hard and it makes the difference. Don't forget to go over there, subscribe, hit the like button on this vid and all his vids. Lewis, man, one love, man. I'm going to love and leave you. Let you go, man. One love. Big up, my guy. Take care of yourself. Bless Come on. Come on. And Bless. shout out everyone that's been tuned in. We're out. Oh, 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 oh,